in your honor right now with Tim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5 radio network. Streaming on demand on iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. And shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. The voicemail is 772-245-0750. Leave your call there, and we might use your call on a future broadcast. That's 772-245-0750. You know, I was out in California back in the early 80s, late, uh, well, 79, 80, 81, and 82. It truly was the golden state back then. Uh, Jobs were plentiful. The place was well run. Government services were uh, competent and efficient. Uh, hell, if you were a resident of California, you could attend any state university that you could get into tuition free. Healthcare system was second to none. The geography, of course, is uh, breathtaking. You could actually stand in the ocean um, or surf um, there in uh, in Los Angeles County and look and see snow-capped mountains. It was a fabulous place. And um, that was prior to uh, Prop 187 being struck down by a liberal judge and then uh, allowed to lapse for lack of a proper defense. It was a a referendum that the citizens passed saying uh, denying any government services to illegal aliens. Uh, it was challenged in court. I don't know why the American people are obligated to provide services to foreign nationals. Um, but uh, the the next uh, administration after Pete Wilson just uh, didn't defend it, didn't defend the referendum that was passed overwhelmingly by the voters of California. And ever since then, California has been in a death spiral. Um, it started slow, but it snowballed to the point now where uh, some of the greatest cities in this country, Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, it's even starting to affect San Diego, are overwhelmed with, uh, with social dysfunction. And the politicians there do not have the spine or the common sense to address what's going on. And the biggest buffoon of all in Californian government is the one that's in charge, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom's a former mayor of San Francisco, and as you would expect, by being a former mayor of San Francisco, he he never says no to anything. One of his very first uh, actions when he was elected governor to secede uh, Jerry Brown, who actually ran the place uh, fairly competently, Uh, from a financial point of view. But one of the very first things that Gavin Newsom did upon being elected governor was travel to Central America to try to figure out how California could help El Salvador and Guatemala. Never mind the 
the hundreds of thousands of homeless people living on the streets in uh, in, uh, California, never mind a burgeoning debt, never mind the fact that the uh, the universities there, the public universities are going to crap. He uh, he goes down there to uh, to Central America and then promptly announces that he's uh, he's going to offer free California taxpayer paid for health care to illegal aliens who uh, managed to sneak into the country and take up residence in California. And uh, he'll do that even if uh, if they are criminals, because you got to keep in mind that California is a sanctuary state. And it is a true one-party system, very similar to the old Soviet Union or communist China. The government in power has, uh, has basically eliminated the, uh, the opposition party. The Democrats have eliminated the Republicans by facilitating voter fraud and, uh, and this vote harvesting, which uh, itself is a, a recipe for fraud. So the latest development in the ongoing saga of the downward spiral in California is that they've uh, they've passed a new uh, law governing the use of force by police departments. And whereas before the standard of the use of force was whether a officer was reasonably in fear of uh, death or great bodily harm to himself or others, they have replaced that terminology that is as old as um, English jurisprudence. (laughs) It says that if a reasonable person would believe that their life or uh, safety is being endangered, that they have a right to defend themselves with deadly force. They've replaced that standard for police officers in California with one that says that it must be necessary to use deadly force. So now the California lawmakers have told the police officers that protect them that we're going to second guess you after the fact and determine not whether your actions were reasonable or if another uh, person or officer would have uh, reasonably acted the same way. We're going to determine whether or not it was necessary for you to do that. And we're going to prosecute you if we decide that it wasn't necessary. So one can one can see what plaintiff lawyers are going to do to this. And, and out in California, even the prosecutors will go after the cops. If a, uh, a suspect reaches into his waistband refuses to obey a uh, an officer's orders to uh, put up his hands and acts in a way as if he's going to um, you know pull a gun and the officer reasonably shoots him a, ju- a judge or a jury will be a- will be empowered to come along and, and say well it wasn't actually a gun so it wasn't necessary for you to shoot the the perpetrator And all of this is based on these lies told by the uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, the same movement that was repeatedly uh, welcomed to the White House 
and honored at the Democrat National Convention uh, in 2016, made part of Hillary Clinton's election campaign. And of course, that whole mainstreaming of the lies around the Black Lives Matter movement that they were somehow being targeted, blacks were being targeted, and there was an explosion of unarmed black men being killed by police officers, led to an environment that uh, accounted for a dozen or more assassinations of police officers across this country. That was the whole uh, movement that spurred Colin Kaepernick's dishonest uh, campaign to refuse to stand for the national anthem. The whole thing was based on a lie, and that, uh, that lie was this notion that the United States was experiencing some epidemic of racially motivated police shootings. It was always false. But see, we don't we don't have any longer uh, intelligent conversations. We have sensational headlines and grievance um, mongering, agenda driven police coverage, uh, news coverage. The facts were that in the year um, in 2016. Police across the country shot 990 people. The vast majority of them were armed or violently resisting arrest. That's according to the Washington Post-owned database. And of those 990, whites made up about half of the victims. Blacks made up 26% of the victims. And that proportion of black victims is lower than what you might Expect, considering the level of uh, black violent crime, blacks in America constitute 62% of all robbery defendants in America's 75 largest counties and 57% of all murder defendants and 45% of all assault defendants, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, even though blacks comprise only 15% of the population. In New York City, where blacks make up 23% of the city's population, they commit three-quarters of all the shootings and 70% of all the robberies. In Chicago, 80% of all known murder suspects in 2015 were black. And yet again, only 26% of the um, suspects shot by police officers were black. Gang shootings occur almost exclusively in majority black cities. The Black Lives Matter uh, narrative had a disastrous effect on policing and public safety, despite its obvious lies, because... There was no politicians that were brave enough to stand up and point out the lie. Gun-related murders of officers in 2016 are up 52%. The police assassinations are only a more extreme version of the Black Lives Matter-inspired hatred 
that endangers the lives of working officers in urban areas. And what is the reaction in California? In California, they're going to make it more difficult for a police officer to defend himself by imposing a standard of self-defense that doesn't apply to anybody else and would be actually a constitutional violation if you were to enact it. And you wonder why urban centers like Chicago and Baltimore have this explosion in violent crime because they've gone after their police departments. And now Gavin Newsom is doing exactly the same thing statewide in the largest state in our country. And they're talking about trying to take this law and make it a national model. Here's a clip from uh, National Public Radio talking about this issue. Well, yeah, so it all started, uh, the, the new momentum in this issue started last March of last year when Stefan Clark was killed by Sacramento police in his grandmother's backyard. Officers said they thought Clark had a gun. In fact, he was holding a cell phone. And this past March, the Sacramento County District Attorney... He wasn't holding a cell phone. He wasn't just in his grandmother's backyard. He had taken the police on a chase that had lasted, um, you know, several minutes And he finally ran into a backyard, jumped a fence and ran into the backyard. And when he was caught up with by the police and told to stop, he wheeled around uh, with something in his hand that looked like a gun. If you run from a cop and you refuse to, uh, to comply with their efforts and you take them into a darkened back alley, backyard in this case, you are, you are uh, risking putting them in reasonable fear of their safety and are subject to be shot. But that, that standard is not going to apply anymore to police officers. And the California Attorney General in separate investigations uh, each decided not to charge the officers who shot Clark. You know why they didn't charge the officers that shot Clark? Because the whole thing was captured on body cameras. And they had a split second to make a decision whether or not when he wheeled around with that... Uh, and raise that uh, object in his hand, whether or not it was a uh, a weapon. Now they're going to have to second guess whether or not, you know, if I shoot if I shoot him, will I lose my career? Will I go to jail? Because the the law has changed where you don't. It doesn't have to be reasonable anymore. It has to be necessary. Uh, that all led to both times the protests in the streets. And one of the things the protesters demanded was this new use of force standard. I mean, this issue has been so polarizing, Ben. So we've got government by the mob now. We're throwing away throwing away all of uh, the uh, traditional justifications for self-defense. And we're putting the people who we give the very difficult job of protecting us in the crosshairs of thugs and criminals. Got to run out to a break. We'll be right back and talk a little more more about this. Oh, 
Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling, the complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day and for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathrooms, if you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 800-693-3152. 800-693-3152. That's 800-693-3152. Have you ever heard any one of these 20 Democrat presidential candidates say anything positive about law enforcement? I've heard them call for criminal justice reform in, in, the, in several cases, you got candidates promising to empty the jails, basically cut the prison population in half with no thought to what effect that might have on public safety. They attacked the police. They, uh, they lobbied for the firing of uh, Officer Pantaleo in New York City because Eric Gardner died while resisting arrest. They say that Pantaleo, you know, put him in a chokehold and that while he was being choked and couldn't breathe, he said no fewer than 11 times, I can't breathe. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, you can't talk if you're being choked and you can't breathe. Pantaleo didn't cause Eric Gardner's death by choking him. Eric Gardner died because he was resisting arrest and he was in terrible physical condition. He weighed almost 400 pounds. He had asthma, heart disease, diabetes, and he resisted arrest, had an asthma attack that led to a heart attack and died. Well, that's a choice that Eric Gardner made. He would be alive today and and selling uh, uh, tax-free cigarettes on the street in some other New York neighborhood if he had just complied with the officer's request. This guy had... 30 arrests, including prior arrests for, for, for resisting. But now this guy, uh, uh, Pantaleo, who was a model police officer of, uh, responsible for over 300 arrests, has lost his job because the mob in New York demanded it. Nationwide, our police officers are under constant assault, and it's not by the Republicans. It's by one party, the Democrat Party, who who's, chooses to side with thugs and criminals over our police. And legitimizing this Black Lives Matter movement, you know, we, we're constantly told that uh, uh, the Obama administration was scandal-free. It's a joke and a farce to begin with. Because they had numerous scandals from the IRS targeting of conservative political opponents to Russiagate itself. 
the fact that Barack Obama welcomed into this uh, the White House this group that was marching in the streets, chanting, what do you want, dead cops? When do you want it now? Is a scandal in itself. And the, uh, the, the murderer that uh, killed five police officers in Dallas at a Black Lives Matter protest was acting out on the Black Lives Matter lies. The one that uh, shot the two police officers that were sitting in a patrol car in a, uh, a rough neighborhood in Brooklyn was acting out Black Lives Matter lies. It happened in Baton Rouge. Many other uh, cities across the country. Of course, you had this whole Freddie Gray bogus prosecution in Baltimore that basically resulted in the police officers in Baltimore saying, well, you know, if you're going to uh, attempt to put us in jail for doing the job that you ask us to do, then we're not going to do the job. <laughs> not, not terribly surprising the result of that has been that violent crime in, in Baltimore is off the charts. I've got this clip here uh, on the, the California law changing the definition of deadly force. Sandra, use of force by California police officers was based on the standard reasonable fear for their safety or the safety of of others. The new law will allow for use of force only when necessary to defend against an imminent threat. Legally speaking, an important change, but one which Governor Gavin Newsom admits needs to be supported by a change in culture. Training matters, yes. Accountability matters, certainly. Transparency, indeed, but culture, changing hearts, changing minds, changing our approach to dealing with one another. Really? Culture? Oh, it's the culture that caused that police officer to err on the side of his safety or the safety of others. When when a, a suspect was fleeing putting the officer's life in danger or acting in a threatening manner. It's the culture. Basically what Gavin Newsom there is saying is the cops are part of a culture that don't value the lives of the people that they're sworn to protect. It's a total lie. It is a continuation of the Black Lives Matter lie. Police officers every day get up, put on their badge, go to work trying to uh, make sure that, one, they do uh, a job to protect the citizens, and two, come home to their own families at the end of the day. They don't have the luxury over a 30-year career of making a mistake. And this culture, if you want to talk about cultures, this thug life culture that uh, glorifies resisting arrest, being disrespectful to police officers, and uh, and basically doing everything you can to to defy authority, has more than anything that police departments have done put black lives in jeopardy.
Gavin Newsom as a joke. The Democrat government in California is a joke, and it's a damn shame what has happened to the Golden State. We're going to run out to a break when we come back. (laughs) We're going to lighten it up a little bit and talk about the latest developments on America's manifest destiny of establishing a, a, a territory of Greenland right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods, like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Well, it's being reported that the president has backed off of his demands for universal background checks. You're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. It's being reported by uh, the left-wing media that, uh, that uh, Wayne LaPierre has bullied the president off of backing off of universal background checks. We have, right now, very close to universal background checks. The gun show loophole that you're constantly hearing about is mostly a, a fiction. When you buy a, a gun at a, a gun show, and what, let's say when you sell a gun at a gun show, you register at that gun show, and before you can trade in any weapons... The, the buyer has to pass a background check. Now, the only way to obtain a firearm that I'm not aware uh, without a background check that I'm aware of is if you sell it from one private individual to another. And I would tend to agree that in that case, uh, you need to have a bill of sale and um a receipt that has proof that a background check was conducted during that transaction. It's not terribly difficult. You could go to any gun store and, uh, and have that done. And, uh, and I don't oppose it. So I'm not sure what the specifics of this are, but, uh, in a lot of ways, the Democrats are so dishonest in trying to advance their gun control agenda that, um, I understand 
the National Rifle Association and gun um, advocates reluctance to do anything uh, to go along with uh, with the Democrats. A recent example of that is Senator Dianne Feinstein is out there claiming that the the previous assault weapons ban that uh, took effect in 1994 under Bill Clinton, she's claiming that it lowered crime. There is absolutely no proof of that. The Department of Justice report issued by Bill Clinton's own Justice Department shows that it had no impact. She tweeted out, while the federal assault weapons ban was in effect in 1994 to 2004, the number of gun massacres fell by 37% and the number of gun deaths fell by 43% compared to the previous decade. After the ban lapsed, gun massacres rose by 183%. The gun massacre deaths by 239%. She followed that tweet with the second one saying it's long past time to reinstate the ban on military style assault weapons and high capacity magazines before more lives are lost. But in February 2018, Breitbart reported that the Department of Justice's National Institute of Justice showed that the federal assault weapons ban could not be accredited with any reduction in crime. The report was authored by the University of Pennsylvania, Professor Christopher Cooper, and the Washington Times quoted Cooper as saying, we cannot clearly uh, credit the ban with any of the nation's recent drop in gun violence, and indeed, there has been no discernible reduction in the lethality of gun violence. The truth of the matter is that assault weapons, even if you want to define them as AK-47s and AR-15s are responsible for a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of gun deaths in this country, the vast majority of which are committed by handguns, many of them semi-automatic, and you can bet that they'll go after those next. (laughs) But even more instructive is far more deaths are committed with uh, knives and clubs and fists than with handguns or rifles. And of all of the uh, deaths by violent crime, long guns are the least likely weapon to be used. There's a, uh, an interesting little aside. Out in San Mateo, which is uh, in the Silicon Valley, the housing costs and the cost of living there are so high that the city is having to build barracks for cops because they can't afford to live within, even within commuting distance of San Mateo on a police officer's salary. They're having to commute many times two hours each way to come to work. So I guess they're going to put them on some sort of shifts where they can, uh, you know, work eight on, uh, eight off, eight on, eight off, and, and then have a couple of days um, off or several days off. And they'll just live in barracks while they're, uh, you know, between shifts. So the saga of America's acquisition, and it is going to happen, of Greenland 
continues with the president. Uh, oh, he made a, he went on a long tirade on Twitter this morning, saying that the uh, it was actually a, a fairly uh, nice statement. He said, "If, if uh, Denmark is a very special country with incredible people, but based on Prime Minister's Matte Fredriksson's comments that she would have no interest in discussing the purchase of Greenland." I will be postponing our meeting scheduled in two weeks for another time. The Prime Minister was able to save a great deal of expense and effort for both the United States and Denmark by being so direct. I thank her for that and look forward to rescheduling sometime in the future. Now, I had no real problem with that tweet. It was respectful and uh, and um, not inappropriate. If the United States is not talking to Denmark about, um, you know, possibly acquiring Greenland. I'm not sure that is a high priority on the president's schedule to meet with uh, Denmark. But then he gave one of his statements on the way to the helicopter like he does uh, a lot, and uh, and I think he kind of went off the rails. Mark, I look forward to going, but I thought that the prime minister's statement that it was absurd... That was it. It was an absurd idea. It was nasty. I thought it was an inappropriate statement. All she had to do is say, no, we wouldn't be interested. But we can't treat the United States of America the way they treated us under President Obama. Uh, I thought it was a very uh, not nice way of saying something. They could have told me, no, this is something that's been discussed for many years. Harry Truman had the idea of Greenland. I had the idea. Other people have had the idea. It goes back into the early 1900s. But Harry Truman very strongly thought it was a good idea. Now, listen, I listened to the statement from the prime minister. She didn't say it was absurd. She just said the days have long since passed that uh, we can buy and sell countries. Actually, her statement was pretty helpful to the uh, to the idea of acquiring Greenland, because basically she was saying that Denmark has no claim on Greenland and that Greenland is a self-governing, she didn't say independent, but she implied independent nation. Well, if that's the case, then we're perfectly free to go right past Denmark and approach the 60,000 residents of Greenland directly. And I said yesterday we could offer them a million dollars apiece. I've since learned that the the residents of uh, Greenland – are impoverished and have a very low standard of living, partly because Denmark refuses to allow them to develop the natural resources of their island. They want to keep it as a, a giant nature preserve. So if the prime minister is saying, well, you know, Greenland is a self-governing, self uh, responsible for their own self-determination, Maybe we could get it for less than a million dollars per resident. Maybe we could give them $500,000 each. Buy them a nice condo down in Florida with a, a view of the ocean. I bet you they would, under those terms, they would be glad to become a territory of the United States. $30 billion would be a hell of a deal if we could uh, if we could acquire Greenland for that the prime minister uh, responded to Trump's um, little tirade, I would call it. I thought in a very appropriate way. And uh, surprise. Now, keep in mind, she uh, English is not her first language. So, you know, she's she's speaking English uh, 
for the American audience. Regret and uh, surprise that I received the news that uh, President Trump has cancelled his state visit to Denmark uh, on the 2nd and 3rd uh, September. I had been looking forward um, to the visit. Our preparations were well underway. It was an uh, opportunity, I think, to celebrate uh, Denmark's close uh, relationship to to U.S. and um, uh, uh, who remains one of uh, Denmark's uh, closest allies. I was looking forward to having a dialogue on the many shared interests Denmark uh, has with the U.S. Furthermore, um, the developments in the Arctic region call for further cooperation between the U.S. and Greenland, Faroe Islands and Denmark. And therefore, I would like to underline our invitation um, for stronger cooperation on Arctic affairs still stands. A discussion uh, has, however, been raised raised about uh, a potential sale of Greenland. Um, This has clearly been rejected uh, by Kim Kielsen, a position that I share, of course. Uh, This uh, does not change uh, the character of our good relations, and we will, of course... Well, she's saying no, but does she really mean no? (laughs) I would say that we go ahead and approach uh, the Greenlanders directly and uh, and just uh, go from her previous statement. So... uh, there has been uh, an investigation into political bias over at Facebook. <laughs> it's like uh, conducting an investigation to see if the sun comes up in the morning. But this investigation has been conducted by uh, former Arizona Senator John Kyle. I wish he was still um, one of the current senators, although all all indications are that uh, Christian Cinema is not nearly as bad as everybody thought uh, she would be. She's even helping uh, on some of the uh, immigration reform efforts. But Kyle has issued a report that concludes that Facebook's policies and their application do restrict free speech and that the danger must be taken seriously. And uh, he goes on to say that although we recognize that uh, this may involve some trade-offs between safety and free expression, we do not believe that there's any need to cut off a rope bust diversity of thought in other words he's finding that uh, they're censoring conservatives as facebook considers additional changes we will continue as blah 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 um oddly enough the kyle report sharply criticized senator josh hawley who has uh, become a leading voice against uh, overbearing, out-of-control Silicon Valley. Merely asking someone to listen to conservatives' concerns isn't an audit, said, uh, responded Senator Hawley. Facebook should conduct an actual audit by giving a trusted third party its algorithm, its key documents, and its content moderation protocols. Then Facebook could release the results to the public. So all indications are Kyle was brought in, you know, basically to give a clean bill of health to Facebook. I, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Facebook was actually paying for his services. 
They're now over at Facebook talking about hiring corporate media veterans. Could you say Dan Rather or oh, what was that other? Uh, uh, man, I can't, I'll think of it in a second. But uh, hiring uh, former mainstream media uh, veterans to come in and curate a news tab for Facebook. And uh, they're even saying they may uh, start paying for uh, content from news organizations. That could be a good thing and a bad thing. If, it, you know, there needs to be a, um, a stream of revenue for news organizations to keep the a free press alive in this country. But if it's just going to go, you know, to, to further this left-wing agenda, then I'm not for that. When I was working on this story, uh, I happened to, across a uh, a soundbite by Rachel Maddow that just made my jaw drop. This is Rachel Maddow, Maddow Mad Cow, <laughs> taking off on conspiracy theories, right-wing conspiracy theories. It's it's easy. It's sometimes fun to like you know trace American conspiracy stuff um, around the you know ragged edges of right wing media. But now this is Rachel Maddow talking. The same Rachel Maddow that spent the last two plus years on her show with some of the most wild eyed, reckless, and wrong conspiracy theories that have ever been uh, advocated. And she was wrong about all of it. She was all in on the Russiagate hoax. Continually ignored the wrongdoing by the Obama administration. Denied Spygate. And then had it all collapse around her. And this is the one that's talking about right-wing conspiracies. It's it's easy. It's sometimes fun to like you know trace American conspiracy stuff um, around the you know ragged edges of right wing media. But this media entity, that from which I just showed you all that stuff, this media entity is right now the largest source of paid pro Trump content on Facebook, other than the Trump reelection campaign. She's talking here about the Epoch Times. She pronounces it oddly enough in this clip, Epic Times. But it's the Epoch Times. Epoch is a an age in time. <laughs> but uh, they're a news organization that uh, tries to get a national exposure, you know, beyond its circulation. It's a print circulation that's heavily concentrated in New York City and Washington D.C. by uh, by buying space on Facebook. Rachel Maddow thinks this is a conspiracy. Facebook, other than the Trump re-election campaign. And their Trump pro-Trump effort on Facebook at this point is larger than any Facebook effort made by any Democratic presidential candidate at all. How dare a newspaper take a pro-Trump editorial position? <laughs> so, so she's basically saying that it's some sort of conspiracy theory because the Epoch Times uh, buys space for its uh, its publication on Facebook, and they're not opposed to Trump, so she's saying that that's pro-Trump. The largest source of paid pro-Trump content on Facebook, 
other than the Trump re-election campaign. And their Trump pro-Trump effort on Facebook at this point is larger than any Facebook effort made by any Democratic presidential candidate at all. Because the, pro, the presidential candidates over on the de- Democrat side are squabbling over tiny amounts of money. Hell, you got a bunch of them out there that are spending um, upwards of a million dollars to try to collect $120,000 in $1 contributions so that they can get on the debate stage. I'm not surprised that there's not many Democrats that have the budget to advertise on Facebook yet. The Epic Media Group is doing all of this stuff. They are also being given interviews with uh, Trump daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, and Trump cabinet officials, and pro-Trump Republican members of Congress like Matt Gates. How dare they? How dare they interview people in the administration or in, the, in Trump's family or Republican conservative lawmakers? This is a conspiracy, says Rachel Maddow. And, and Mark Meadows. They're all doing epic time stuff to promote them since they're getting the kind of promotion that they want, too. I mean, this is as big as it gets in pro-Trump media right now, where the people from 9-11 are still to this day living in secret underground cities, toiling as slaves to Hillary Clinton or something, something, something Illuminati. <laughs> so this is actually... Another conspiracy theory being forwarded by Rachel Madcow. The very notion that a, uh, a pro-Trump media outlet is, uh, is buying space on Facebook, she sees as some sort of deep, dark conspiracy. <laughs> we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the latest development on Trump's effort to secure the border. Stick with us. Attention, those of you looking to go on a fun vacation and see the world on the cheap. Today, the U.S. dollar is worth even more in other countries. So there's never been a better time to travel outside the USA. The dollar is worth over $1.30 in Canadian dollars. And it's the same for Australia. You can fly there today and have fun and maximize your travel dollar. Your U.S. dollar is worth over $3 in Brazilian reals, and it's worth over $18 in Mexican pesos. Plus, in Argentina, it's worth over $27 in Argentine pesos. Just think of the bargains you'll get. And the way you get the cheapest airfare to any destination is by calling Tickets That Cheap. Save up to 75% on your foreign vacation tickets. Don't wait. Call now. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. That's 800-932-1596. So I wish that Donald Trump had had the good luck to bring on Bill Barr from the very beginning of his administration. There's no telling how much um, incompetence that could have been avoided over there at the Department of Justice. If Bill Barr had been in place all along, we would have been far far further along in securing the border and uh, and exposing the spygate uh, scandal 
And uh, and Bill Barr has uh, steadily, uh, but inexorably, uh, defended uh, the administration's um, efforts to secure the border. And uh, there's a new development on that front. The, uh, the Department of Homeland Security under um, will being given guidance by the Department of Justice has issued a new f- so-called Flores regulation. You recall the Flores ruling was that uh, ruling from California that uh, says that they can't hold um, asylum seekers longer than 20 days, which has created a giant magnet for Central Americans to come up here and uh, and walk into the country and uh, and take American jobs. But this new regulation would allow border agencies to detain migrants and children as a family unit for multiple weeks until their hearing for legal asylum can be heard and the whole process completed. That way, if they're eligible, they'll be released in the country. If they're not, they'll be returned home like about 80% of those rulings determine. This regulation would replace the 2015 court-ordered Flores rule. Pro-migration advocates obviously strongly oppose the regulation, even though it is likely to reduce the death of children who are brought up to the border by their job-seeking parents. The opponents, ACLU and all of the, the... Hispanic advocacy groups will most certainly challenge this. This morning, the regulation was detailed by Department of uh, Homeland Security, Kevin McElhanen, I always have trouble with that name, and Alex Czar. The regulation says migrants with children will be detained in state-licensed shelters until their various claims for asylum are either approved or denied. This is an absolute fabulous development. Uh, it will, of course, be challenged in court, but um, I have confidence that Bill Barr crafted this to uh, to pass muster. Well, oh, oh Joe Biden, <laughs> the another in our daily installment of Joe Biden's daily gaffes. They had kept him off of the campaign trail for a few days. To let the uh, the furor over his last gaffe subside, where he said that he was vice president uh, when the Parkland shooting occurred, and that the the kids from the Parkland school came up to see him at the White House after the shooting, and then Republican members of Congress ducked. Those uh, those kids when they went over to uh, to Capitol. <laughs> well, he's back at it again, and this time, even though just yesterday his uh, his former brain surgeon said that he's as good as ever, I'm I'm telling you, uh, just f- for some free advice, if you're listening at the Biden campaign, having someone's brain surgeon come out and vouch for his um, mental health is probably not going to do you a lot of good in a political campaign. It's best that you keep the brain surgeons, 
<laughs> in the background and out of the media. But here's, uh, here's Biden's latest uh, pronouncement. Just like in my generation, when I got out of school, that uh, when Bobby Kennedy and Dr. King had been assassinated in, in the 70s, uh, late 70s. So, so Biden thinks that Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King were assassinated in the late 1970s. Now, if you've got any doubt that this guy is is really, you know, just suffering from from um, the onset of dementia, nobody in that generation can mistake when MLK and Bobby Kennedy were assassinated. That that was a, a time, a very specific distinctive time in our nation's history it was in the 60s it was in the late 60s there was all sorts of upheaval going on in this country hell at this point joe biden can't keep his decades straight he only missed the parkland uh shooting by a, f- a couple of years it was a couple of years after he left the vice presidency and he was obviously lying about the kids visiting him at the white house when he was vice president but he was only off there by a couple of years. Now he's he's missing dates by whole decades. My uh, the the article of yesterday's podcast was uh, Biden's brain doctor insists that he does know what year it is. And no sooner had I put out that podcast than than Biden trots forth and reveals that he doesn't know what decade major events in our nation's history happened. Here's another little uh, nugget that he uh, he uttered. And hell, if you need 100 clips and 30 clips and a weapon, then you shouldn't be hunting, man. You're dangerous. A hundred clips? <laughs> I think he meant to say bullets, cartridges, rounds. Unbelievable. This is the frontrunner for the Democrat nomination. And standing right behind him are two Democrat socialist Marxists. But we're told that Trump will lose to any of these candidates. Well, that takes us to the end of this episode. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Son, tonight we look after the North Pole while Santa delivers all the holiday goodies. Wooden ponies, dolls, Xfinity. Xfinity? It's only the awesomest internet ever. The whole family can enjoy fast, reliable internet speed and great coverage all at a great value. Plus, advanced security is included at no extra cost with Xfinity XFi and the XFi Gateway. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Choose the speed that works for you. Up to gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. If you have thyroid eye disease and the pain in the back of your eye is forcing bad words from your mouth, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com.